is something that we're all going to have to go through as pet parents. Don't let anybody tell you it's just a dog. They give us their everything. They give us unconditional love, bring us so much happiness. It is really on us to honor them, to show up for them in a very, very meaningful, supportive, loving way. This loss is very, very real, and this grief runs very, very deep. Welcome back to Honest a Dog Podcast. It's me, Liz Foley, your absolute favorite dog trainer in the whole wide world, with Jeff Gadway, my favorite co-host. Hello, gorgeous. How's it going? I'm doing really well. Good, 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 good. I know we had busy days today, um, but I'm really looking forward to doing this podcast with you. We both sat down and we're like, ah, this is my favorite part of the day today. Absolutely. Absolutely. As I'm looking forward to this as well, even though today might be a little bit of a heavy topic, mm-hmm. a little bit of a tough topic, but it's one that I think we need to tackle together with our Honest to Dog pack because the most beautiful gift that we get from owning a dog is their companionship, their unconditional love, their friendship, but comes with the challenge of saying goodbye, mm-hmm. right? It's it's this, you know, it's the flip side of the, the the coin that is the greatness of dog ownership. And it's something that we can't escape. And so it's it's kind of like this double-sided, you know, catch 22 of, yeah. of dog ownership, right? I know. Blessing and a curse. That's it. That's the expression I was looking for. And I know when it came to Carmen, I realized... I was like, she taught me love. Like she taught me how to love someone other than myself, truly care for another being. And in the end, I realized it wasn't just that. She also taught me loss. Yeah. Love and loss, both powerful, powerful lessons to learn. Yeah. It's important that we do this episode. It is. It is. Since we're talking about kind of learnings through that loss. I mean, for me, Carmen taught me how to grieve, right? In in, mm-hmm. in losing her. And I think that's kind of what you're saying too. But, you know, I, I went on to lose a very close family member, a parent, um, kind of within the next year. And I feel like having had that experience of, of losing Carmen, it taught me a lot about myself. It taught us a lot about supporting each other mm-hmm. and really prepared us for what was to come uh, yeah. in, our, in our family uh, dynamic. So, you know, Carmen taught us so much throughout the joy of having her for all of those years as part of our family. And she continued to teach us things mm. in, in her passing and continues to teach us things to this day for that matter. But like the ultimate gift. It really is. It really is. Our so, dogs teach us so much. So today we wanted to talk about saying goodbye to your pet. You know, this will be rooted in some of our experience with Carmen, but not specific to her. And and we still want to do an episode about Carmen um, and the totality of Carmen, not just her passing. So, mm-hmm. you know, we don't want uh, this to steer too much into that lane way. But, um, oh man, where do we start? I mean, one question I think that we all grapple with as dog owners, and I know we did with Carmen, and I know my family did with Benji, and and many other families do. How do you know when it's time to say goodbye to your pet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, there there are really two types of death that you're going to go through, like surprise, accident, or more sickness, you know it's coming. Kind um, of chronic, Yeah, perhaps. and yeah. so when it comes to that, I mean, I waited 
a little bit for Carmen to give me a sign. I think our dogs are always communicating with us. And so if you're paying attention, you'll notice things that, that are different, areas where they struggle more than normal. And maybe even they kind of lose a little bit of excitement and enthusiasm for their day-to-day things that ordinarily brought them joy. Yeah, um, Those are kind of cues Um, Yeah, our dogs are going to age and slow down. All of that will be there. But I'll never forget, I stayed up one night with Carmen because she was was in distress. We both did. We slept right out here by the the fireplace. And she just stared at me and held my gaze for a very long time. And I, I was, she's telling me something. Yeah. And I have to listen. Yeah. And it's the most gracious thing you can do is to end their suffering. Um, I'm going to try really hard not to get emotional, but it's, it's hard. Okay. I'm feeling it too. If I'm being honest, I remember that night. I, I remember that night more clearly than I wish I did, in, in all honesty. And I remember laying out here with you. Carmen was on her bed and, and we were, you know, kind of sleeping there with her. And I wasn't even sure if if she was still going to be with us the next morning because mm-hmm. I think she was in that much distress. And I think we both knew mm-hmm. kind of without even saying anything to each other, without even putting words to it. We knew. Yeah, I think you can recognize when someone is tired of the fight. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she had fought. We had more time with her than we we thought we would be given. She she was a very strong. So strong. Strong-willed dog. Um and so yeah, knowing your dog and and when they communicate those things to you. Um cuz they're going to change as they grow in age and that's to be expected. We all do. Um, but if they're struggling to get up out of bed, like really struggling, that's a sign. If they are unable to hold their bladder, um, and when they need to go to the washroom and they're wearing diapers and that's now their forever, yeah. think about how that might Im- impact quality of life. Um, really for me, it's, it's a if their mobility is limited and they're staying in one place, they can start like humans to develop uh, bed sores and that sort of thing where it can, it can really impact their health and quality of life. And I think you said something a few minutes ago, our dogs are communicating with us, but we need to be open and willing to accept that because I think there's a temptation, especially when, you know, dogs are such integral parts of our family there might be a tendency to ignore or just be blinded or be even. blinded to it because because we don't want to accept the ultimate fate of of all of our of our pets unfortunately right mm-hmm. animals our pets live long or shorter lives than we do right and and even the little ones who live for you know 12 15 years it's it's too short sometimes but, 20 or 20 it, it's too short no matter how you look mm-hmm. at it and we can be blinded by that and i think there's a risk of being selfish and being afraid of that loss, being afraid of of losing that member of the family and the companionship that we might, some might 
ignore the signs for longer than they should. Mm -hmm. And And it's it's not fair to your dog. It's not fair to you. It's it's not fair to anyone. We just want more time, right? Um, But that is, there's no guarantee in that. And it's part of what we sign up for as dog owners is we know it's never going to be enough time. And we just got to make the most of it while we have them. And then we have to be, my thing is they are so, they give us their everything. They give us unconditional love and bring us so much happiness that it is, it is really on us to honor them in their moments leading up to when they're saying enough is enough, that we listen and we do the right thing. So I think for me, I take a little bit of comfort in number one, knowing that we we listened to Carmen and in her communicating to us that it was time. And number two, because we knew that Carmen had a terminal illness, she she had been diagnosed with hemangiosarcoma uh, several months before, had had a surgery to remove a very large tumor. We opted not to do any kind of chemotherapy. So we knew there was kind of a terminal diagnosis and we did everything we could from holistic medicine mm-hmm. to diet to try to give her quality of life and prolong her well-being as long as we could. However, because we knew that the clock was ticking, for lack of better expression, I feel like we were able to use those days and weeks and months to their fullest Mm -hmm. and really spend quality time with her towards the end Mm -hmm. so that when the time came that it was time to say goodbye, we didn't have any regrets. Like even to this day, I don't regret any of the steps that we took, the decisions that we made or how we spent those final weeks and months together. Mm -hmm. And that is comforting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Take photos. I always say that though. Take photos and videos from the beginning and throughout because that's what's going to comfort you when you miss them. Um, So, but do it especially so in those later years. Um, And yeah, we have, we have our last walk together on video part of it Mm -hmm. and some photos from that. Mm -hmm. And so like it's take advantage. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Make, make those moments really count. I have some photos that come up on my phone from time to time. It it wasn't my last walk with Carmen by any means. Um, it was, you know, sometime in Dece- like early December. So like several weeks before um, she passed, it was a walk where I was, I think, making peace with having to say goodbye to her at some point. And it was a very special walk. And I took photos and I took video and it was just me and her at at her favorite spot. I know, I know exactly what and you mean. Afterwards, I took her to Spoil the Dog Bakery and I got her stuff. And it was just this very special moment between her and I that I'll always be able to remember very fondly because she was still very mobile. She still had her spirit. But it gave me an opportunity to reflect on our relationship and kind of say goodbye before having to say goodbye. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I would highly recommend that to folks. And it wasn't like I was giving up or anything like that. I just, you know, we knew. You surrendered. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's acceptance. It's okay. Okay, I can let that go. That's right. And have no regrets. That's Mm. beautiful. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it quite in that way before. Once we knew it was time, 
And I think we we had already kind of planned elements of this in advance, which I would mm-hmm. recommend to anybody because when you're faced with that situation, you don't want to have to be making decisions. Yeah. Right? You don't have to be contemplating things or making decisions. So we essentially had a plan already, mm-hmm. right? And we opted for a vet to come to our home and perform the euthanasia here mm-hmm. in our home. Yeah. And I had found that vet through a client because I wasn't naive, right, to Carmen's ticking clock and that we were running out of time. And I knew in my heart that that's the way that I wanted to say goodbye. That's how I wanted our final moments to be, not in a vet's office, but in our home. Um, and why was that? That was so she could be comfortable, so we could be comfortable. I was with my sister when she put down her cat, Lucky, and it was in a vet's office. And he had been staying there for several nights leading up to it. He wasn't himself when he came into the room. It was just, it it was the exact opposite of what I would want for anyone's final moments in saying goodbye to their pet. Yeah. Let's put it that way. He tried to like bite my sister. He made a mess on the vet table. It smells different. He felt different. It was just, it was very, very sad. And then you walk out and it's a waiting room full of people who are, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a lot. It's not where I wanted to deal with my emotions in that moment for her. Because I work in the industry, I had clients who had gone through similar experiences and had recommended this vet who they said was absolutely amazing. Very calm, very compassionate, very professional. And that's exactly who I wanted to work with. Yeah. So I had emailed her to say, this is going to be happening at some point and we'd like to work with you. I don't know how, like, what do you do? Do you reserve? Do you, like, we're not ready. I don't think she's quite ready. Um, But can I message you leading up to it? Like, and she was like, yep, not a problem. And so once um, Carmen had really communicated to us how she was feeling, I was able to send her a message and she came later that day. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know that that was an option, to be mm, quite honest. I didn't really? know that that was an option. Um, you know, I think with Benji, his condition had been deteriorating and I would, I'd already moved out of the home. I, I, I think I was living with you here in, in Kitchener when my dad um, communicated to me that, that Benji had passed and that he had, you know, taken Benji to the vet and, and it happened there. Um, you know, same thing with, you know, when I was a really little boy, my dad's cat, I remember going to the vet with my mom and not coming home with the cat, right. Which was very disruptive to me, but, but I didn't really realize there was another option for the in-home thing. And after experiencing that, I couldn't imagine doing it any other way because Carmen, as you say, was incredibly comfortable in terms of being in a place that she was familiar with, surrounded by people who loved her. We were able to put on some calming music and some candles and incense. And and the other big thing too, and I, I think I'd, I'd like for you to expand on this if you could, Baker and Ty were here. And so, you know, I, I've heard about some of the challenges, especially if you have multiple dogs or, or, or other pets in the home, if you leave the house with 
a pet and take them to the vet and, and they're put to sleep and you come home and that part of the family is just not there. There's no closure for the other animals. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's happened, right? I mean, I'm, to a certain extent, I'm sure they do. They'll smell death on you, absolutely, and put probably two and two together. They're not dumb by any means. Um, dogs are incredibly intuitive and very, very smart. And we know that they relate to the world through their nose. Um, but they're not there as part of the ritual or to, to um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, to acknowledge that it's happened, say their go- goodbye. Not that that happens all the time in the wild. That's not a guarantee. It is a pack. It's a family. Yeah. And it closes the loop for them. Yeah. It just made sense to me. Our dogs were always very, very, very close. And I mean, I've never had a dog before Carmen. I've never had multiple dogs in my home. So I can only imagine all dogs who are siblings have this deep bond. Yeah. Theirs seem particularly very strong. Um, So I wanted them to be there for it so that they could understand it. And I think it was exactly what they needed because we were able to grieve as a family, but then also close that book and move on as a family. Yes. And I mean, we talked about that in detail, a little bit more detail at least, um, in the one about Ty in that episode, because he's just such a soulful, sweet, sweet spirit. But I think it meant a lot to him to be able to, like, he was very close with Carmen. He leaned on her a lot. Um, but yeah, he went over, he smelled her, and then he came right over to me. Well, that's that's what I wanted to, and, and you, you gave a perfect segue there in terms of leaning on Carmen. Like, I think we both thought, just based on even some videos that we'd seen of other mm-hmm. packs, you know, where the, you know, the, the, the dogs that were, were still in the family um, would kind of come over and and smell the the dog that had departed you know we we were kind of expecting more of that and Mm -hmm. what was interesting was when Carmen had crossed over and we opened the crate and and the dogs came out you know like you say Ty came over and kind of leaned on you Mm -hmm. and supported you and was like okay I need to be here for you and I think that was so beautiful as a testament to how much he loves you and how much he supports you um, and recognizing that in that moment, you and I needed a tremendous amount of of consoling and support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, dogs, dogs are incredible. Incredible, and they they deserve the absolute best through their entire life and to the end. Yeah, the things that makes me the most upset is if someone drops their dog off at the vet and leaves for them to be put to sleep by themselves. That one get I'm. Mm, I'm, I want to yell like and an I want to cry. cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that's a thing. And, and, and listen, <sighs> I get it. It's uncomfortable. Saying goodbye is hard. It's painful. It's painful. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever have to do. But your dog has been there for you, mm-hmm. your entire relationship. That's the moment when it needs you to be there for that. Yeah. Think about it through breakups, through different jobs, living in different places, through. Maybe loss Family of your trauma, own. Loss, grieving, yeah, so many things. And so this is your time to show up for them in a very, very meaningful, supportive, loving way. And I get it. 
you want to run the other way. It's very uncomfortable. I was scared. I mean, I, I will disclose, I had never been present for anybody or anything crossing over in my life before mm. that moment. I had, I mean, I'd lost grandparents. I wasn't there. I'd lost pets, but I wasn't living at home. So this was my first personal close-up experience with mm. death. And it scared me. It scared me beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And yet I showed up for Carmen and I showed up for you and for our family. And and again, you think talk about things that this experience has taught both of us. Like it taught me I was stronger than I, th- mm-hmm. than I realized. Wow. Right? Wow. Yeah. And again, I guess because we're, we're kind of our planners or we think these things through in depth, I had like talk to my therapist about it. Cause I was really worried. Like I was like, what's going to happen to me on the other side of this? I've never, that's not true. I've never been without Carmen. <laughs> I had, but my best self was with Carmen. So I was scared. Mm. So one of the really good pieces of advice that my amazing therapist gave me was have someone there who can be your rock because (laughs) you and Jeff are going to be a hot mess. (laughs) And we were. And we were. And so originally I had asked my sister, I think, and she was unavailable. Or maybe I had thought about inviting my sister and in talking about it with my therapist, she was like, is it and like I love my sister and she is she's absolutely a rock. She's a rock, rock and my rock for sure but she also was very close with Carmen so could she show up and be that strength in that moment that might have been asking too much of her that yeah. might have been a really hard thing yeah um and so I ended up asking my mom and like really my mom is the strongest person in the entire world considering all that she's gone through. But that, that was huge in order to like keep it from bubbling over into like really, really being really, really dark and very, very sad. Having, having someone who can be level headed in highly emotional Um, situations who can be calm who can be your calm confident leader yeah and that she was like okay i'll order us food if you i know you probably don't feel like eating but it'll be here yep right she's like came with kleenex because like god we didn't have kleenex we'd be using freaking toilet paper we planned this whole thing but we didn't have kleenex (laughs) like you know what i mean and just like your mom to be there to hug you to hold you and be like she was a good dog yeah. You're going to be okay. Yeah. I was, I was going to, I was going to bring that up too, because I think that was, you know, and, and, and the other thing too is she was here for us and she gave us space at the same time. Yeah. When I think about that, I almost need to zoom out to, to remember, and this isn't a slight against Mama C in that moment, but she was kind of like an umpire, right? She was in the background and doing yeah. a great job, but gave our family room to, to grieve and say goodbye as our immediate family. 
Um, and so that was really helpful. And then just, you yeah. know, while we're giving kudos, I'm pretty sure my best friend, Dan, came up the next day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had told me for years, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you. He'd told me for years, um, not that he's super morbid or anything. He's like, when it's Carmen's time, I will be there uh, the next yeah. day. Because he knew, he knew how hard it was going to be for me and for you and for us that he already had committed to that. And I, I will eternally be grateful to him um, for that. Um, but I think yeah. your point of of surrounding yourself with people who can support you in that moment that you know is going to be difficult is is critical, mm-hmm. not in terms of blocking out the feelings, but giving you the space to be able to process those feelings and grieve. And here's the thing. I think when you're in it, you don't want to be a burden or lean on anybody. But I assure you, those people want to be there to support you. Like we had, I had clients bring us meals. Yeah. Like just because they were like, we're thinking of you and we want you to, to know, we know that this is hard and we're here. Like, yeah, you need a network. You need your support around you because don't let anybody tell you it's just a dog. Oh my gosh, no. Get out of here with that negativity. Absolutely not. You need your dog people around you who get it and who know that this loss is very, very real and this grief is runs very, very deep. Um, that can be there to uplift you when you need uplifting, but also be the shoulder that you need to cry on when, when you need that too. Cry. Don't hold it in. Yeah. Let it go. Um, I took three days off of work immediately after. Um, no, actually, I think I took a full week. I think I took a full week and just took that time. I took three days to stay in bed. I said, I will give myself, because that's another piece of advice I got from my amazing therapist. Give yourself a time limit. How you Tell yourself you can feel your absolute lowest, but after the third day or after the fifth day or whatever that limit is that you set and hold yourself to it. Yeah. So I gave myself three days to cry it out, eat my feelings, not leave my bed. And then by the fourth day, I said, Carmen would want me to keep on keeping on. Absolutely. And I think if you if you make that promise to yourself and also share that with your inner circle, yeah. it can help to hold you accountable to that. Like I know we talked about it. We Again, we had discussed it. We were very open. We didn't push it down and block it out. Mm-hmm. And so I knew, you know, for those three days, and I took time off too, right? For those three days, like we're going to give ourselves that that space, right? But after that, we're going to we're going to move forward. So everybody's in alignment, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone's in agreement and can commit and follow through on that plan. Mm-hmm. Um you brought up the support of your dog community. I want to touch on something. I know you at the beginning you said Dogs pass in one of two ways, suddenly, and then, you know, maybe from a chronic thing where, where you know, or at least a, a, a decline. And unfortunately, in the first instance, you know, you don't have as much runway to make plans and, and take control over the situation. But in the second scenario, you know, how, what, what are the things you can do to allow your dog's friends to say goodbye? Or is mm-hmm. that even important? And if so, how can you make that something that, it, again, is like it's, it's bittersweet no matter which way you look at it. But 
that's at least a somewhat positive experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's a wonderful way to honor their relationships because dogs are very social animals, right? We know that. And they form connections. And so it's just as much for the dog as it is for the human. Um, but I think closure is something that we all like to have. So if you are presented with that option, um, letting people know, hey, my dog's been really sick and I think time might be running out. Do you want to do a walk together? It doesn't have to be something super somber, um, like a farewell party. I mean, that is an option. (laughs) Um, But you can also do just like coffee dates with your dog um, where people can spend time with them. I mean, we did, I'm, I let people know that I had a feeling Carmen wouldn't be able to join meditation walks in the new year. So I said, December will probably be her last meditation walk. And people came in droves. Yeah, They wanted to be there to see her, to support her, to support me and you. And it was just such a lovely tribute. So, I mean, we use social media as a way to kind of let people know what was happening because I don't know, it can be hard to text message people, something like that, or email them. But um, if you're comfortable, let people know because um, they might want that. They might want that time with your dog. Yeah. And with you to be supportive of you. Yeah. I, I also remember, you know, right towards the end, um, you... And I, I was there too. You know, some of Carmen's closest friends either came over for mm-hmm. kind of a, a a visit, or you know, we went into the doghouse, and some of your staff were able to come and and mm-hmm. you know, um, shower her with love mm-hmm. and pets, and and um, you know, again, it's I hate when those photos and videos come up on my phone. It it just tears my heart out. But mm-hmm. I think it was important for that closure and opportunity for people to to honor her that mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. and so if you have the opportunity to to do that you know as hard as it is like lean into it mm-hmm. because it, it it sucks in the moment but it's one of those things that you'll look back and you won't regret doing yeah that that was hard. I remember you giving my hand a big squeeze before we went inside the doghouse when I had Carmen with me because I was like, fuck, like, this hurts. Yeah. But you said it right. Like showing up in those moments, that is what gives you strength. And you do realize like you're a lot stronger than you think. Yeah. And what... Like, what an amazing way. Like, part of me looks back at that and I'm like, wow, I did that? Like, what a great way to show up and be vulnerable and lead by example and honor your dog, right? Yeah. People shy away from that so much, but lean in. I like that. Yeah. Those few days of real vulnerability and, and, and pain are kind of in the grand scheme of things a very small price to pay for yeah. a long and joyous relationship yeah. with a dog. And what is it that that they say? I think there's a saying, grief is 
the price you pay for like great love. Like the yeah. greater the grief, God damn, that must have been something special. That's how I looked at it in the end. I was like, this hurts so much, but it was so worth it. Fuck, I miss that dog. Yeah. We still, to this day, I mean, there'll be times where it really creeps up on us and we'll just say to each other, can we, can we watch some videos and look at photos of Carmen tonight and just try to celebrate her, right? And the relationship and all the good times so that we're not thinking back. I mean, it's, it's easy. There's a, we were talking about this before we started recording. There's a recency effect with memories, especially of departed family members and loved ones and, and pets where you can fall victim to remembering them towards the end. But I think all the more reason why it's important to capture those videos and those photos and those memories so that when we start feeling that loss, we go back and we look at yeah. the early days and the good times and the great memories that we shared and made together as a family. We always end up laughing. Yeah. We always end up laughing like, yeah. and, and telling stories. of. Do you remember when Carmen did that silly thing or yeah. remember how she used to do that? And, and, and that totally changes the tenor of the memory. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what Carmen would have wanted. She'd been like, stop being sad. Like, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So we've talked about our experience and our personal choice to have a vet come to the home and say our goodbyes here. But that's not the only option. And there are, of course, reasons why going to your vet might be a better option for you. Mm -hmm. What can you share on different approaches to saying goodbye and and when might one might be more suitable than the other. Yeah. Well, when I told my mom what we were doing with Carmen, she her immediate response was, "Oh, I could never do that." And I was like, "Why? Like that makes so much sense to me." And in her mind, she was think coming from the side of if it's in my home, and the memory is in that chair by the fireplace, I'm always going to be sad when I'm sitting or I look at or I walk by that chair by the fireplace. And that kind of stuck with me because that I hadn't thought of that. To me, that really, that wasn't enough for me to make that switch at least. Yeah, I can certainly see it from both perspectives because I will say, I mean, that, that whole night was was difficult. Those whole few days were difficult. But one of the most difficult parts was, you know, after Carmen had passed, seeing her be taken right. out of the house. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I, I was very adamant. And, I, and if I were to go back and do it again, I don't know if I would have been so bullish on this, you know, of, of, of participating in taking her to the, the vet's uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of me was just very protective mm-hmm. and wanting to protect her even after she was gone mm-hmm. and being part of that. But having her leave apart from us was very difficult on me. I remember mm-hmm. this is probably going to sound incredibly dramatic, but I was standing at the front door as the vet was leaving and I was like wailing and crying her name. And like, it was not a pretty scene. <laughs> um, so I can see how that would be very difficult. Whereas if, if you go to a vet and, and 
you know, you're able to, once you've said goodbye, you're able to depart and come back to a space where you feel safe and comfortable and leave that loss at least to a certain extent there. I can understand that. I can get that. I understand why people would opt for that. And, And it makes sense that that would be what my mom would want to do. Right. Like kind of close that door. Um, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right that there's, you're able to walk away once it's done and, and not, um, be there for the next part. Right. You can kind of start your grieving process away from that. Yeah. And um, a lot of vets. Cause, Cause it was emotional for me seeing Carmen leave oh, and yeah. putting her in the car and yeah. all of that. So that, that part wasn't great. Yeah. Ideal. But, but if you can be prepared for that, mm-hmm. right. Um, or have enough people present that you don't have to, right. You can yeah. go step out in your backyard and, or something, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you can, you can probably find a way to make, make it work without that. Um, yeah. And I'm sure if, if in that moment, like if we had known maybe we wouldn't have needed to be present for for her being mm-hmm. taken away. Um, the one thing I will say is that, and I've noticed this, we spent a lot of time in those last months in you know, different veterinary hospitals and clinics and things like that. And a lot of places now, and I think this is very beautiful, they'll have something where, you know, if a certain candle is lit, yeah. it's signifying that somebody is saying goodbye to their pet. And for others, you know, in the waiting room to be sensitive to that and be mm-hmm. aware. I think that's a very kind gesture, a very Same. thoughtful, compassionate gesture. And I, I would just encourage people, if you're at the vet, be aware of those things mm-hmm. and be aware of those difficult moments that other families might be going through mm-hmm. um, and be compassionate to that. Absolutely. And just a huge shout out to all the vets out there who really are angels for helping people through saying goodbye to their dogs um, and and being professional and being, a, for those people, their calm, confident leader in those moments, yeah. someone who can take the reins and be, be there when it's uncomfortable and sad. Um, so amazing, amazing humans who do amazing work. Huge thank you to all the vets yeah. who... Um, help sick and dying animals and their families to mm-hmm. prepare for, for the, you know, the, 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 mm-hmm. the loss and the, the little added touches like the card afterwards and the paw print. I wanted to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it's difficult to think about these things in advance because it, it involves some reflection and some acknowledging or accepting the impending loss. Right. And, and geez, man, there's so much here. Like we, even the pre-grief, you know, uh, your therapist talked a lot about anticipatory grief mm-hmm. and how in, in some instances it can be more powerful or, or mm-hmm. more intense than, than the grieving process. Um, we can get into that if, if, if you want, or if we've got time, but what I was going to say is thinking about, are there things that you want to help you memorialize your dog Mm -hmm. in advance. So for instance, um, we wanted uh, Carmen's uh, paw print 
Mm-hmm. And so we were able to make arrangements for that. Um, we chose a very beautiful urn for mm-hmm. Carmen's ashes um, that is engraved with her full name, mm-hmm. Carmen Angel Foley Gadway, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, we, we, we cherish. We also had the vet collect a little bit of her fur for mm-hmm. us, not invasively or anything like that. I yeah, know where that is, just a little clipping. Yeah, we have a box yeah. with some of her bandanas and collars and things like that because we wanted to clear a lot of that stuff, have it away before she went because I knew for me seeing those sorts of things would make me highly emotional. Yeah. Um, and so we have a box with her things and um, photo books and things. Um, a friend had put one together, I think, for me. And I know where those are. And like I had a a book that clients could sign and write really nice messages. And I've looked at it once when I when I had given myself enough time. I was like, I can handle this. Balled my eyes out. I know where that is. If I need a good cry about Carmen, right? Or if you want those memories, like have those things for yourself when for when you want and need them. How do you want to memorialize your dog? A lot of people I know want to get tattoos. Mm. So have do a print of your dog's paw. So many artists can do commission pieces that are absolutely beautiful. There are a lot of a lot of options. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's just, you know, making space for thinking about those things before you don't have the option to think about those things, right? Um, so to some who are listening, it might sound like maybe we spent too much time thinking about her passing and not enough time with her. It's not at all the case, Mm -mm. right? Like we didn't obsess over this. We just made sure we gave ourselves permission to plan and to kind of be in control of um, a lot of the, the, the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Liz, thank you so much for sharing. It's a very tough topic for both Mm -hmm. of us. I know. Um, Thank you for for being open and vulnerable and sharing your experience with, with saying goodbye. Yeah, I hope this is helpful to dog owners out there. And again, I hope it wasn't too upsetting. I hope I didn't make anybody cry. I didn't expect to get so emotional. It's not easy. It is something that we're all going to have to go through as pet parents. Yeah, be, be thoughtful when it comes to saying goodbye to your dog. And be kind to yourself too. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, everyone. Really appreciate your support. We'll be back next week with another episode. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment or a review. We'd love to hear from you. We release a new podcast weekly. Follow us on Instagram at Honest to Dog Podcast. Honest to Dog Podcast is hosted by Liz Foley and Jeff Gadway. The show is engineered, edited, and produced by me, Timothy Musa. For all things training and daycare, check out doghouse.ca. D-O-G-H-A-U-S dot C-A.